0: mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and the show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Ashley Robertson, an expert question asker. She also facilitates workshops on comprehensive, affirming, and medically accurate sexuality education. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. I think this is a great time to move on to our third letter now that we've established that I barely know what T modeling is and kickboxing, um, we're going to get to talk about one of my favorite types of person, or rather like my favorite types of difficult person, because obviously my favorite type of person is someone who's just like all good qualities, no problems, right?
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Beautiful. So the subject here is delightful mooch. One of my best friends is always up for anything. They're incredibly supportive and generally a delight to be around. My problem is they are also cheap. They're always asking for free tickets or special discounts. They don't pay me back if I front them for something. And they give really cheap gifts. I understand what it's like to be on a budget, but they always want the full cost experience without paying for it and mooching off of everyone else. For example, a mutual friend recently had a wine party and asked everyone to bring a $20 bottle to share. My friend told me that they bought the cheapest bottle they could find but they have a successful career and drink wine on their own time, so it's not like they don't know or care about a decent bottle. Splitting things with them or asking for reimbursement for things I pay for doesn't resolve things. They never return the favor or pay it back. How else do I deal with a cheap friend?
1: It sounds like you already have some ideas. How about you dive in? Oh,
0: you 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 recognize the judgmental tone that always creeps into <laughs> my voice around the third letter? Um. I don't know. I mean, I feel so many different things about this. On the one hand, I think there's like some pretty straightforward fixes here. And then on the other hand, I don't know, it feels both like there's opportunities to let some things go, but also like I don't want to just totally um, dismiss the importance of at least some kind of generosity between friendships. Like it's it's not just scorekeeping, right? Like if you really do have a friend who it just seems like is never interested in looking for ways that they can celebrate other people, it, it really does start to wear on the affection that you can have for them. So I don't want to just um, say like, this is the cost of doing business with your a charming friend. So I, I, I think I, I wanted to start by saying that before I got too like judgmental. Um, to me, the $20 wine thing is like, who cares, right? But it's clearly like you care because you're stuck in this pattern where for some reason you keep fronting your friend money despite knowing she's not going to pay you back. So you're fixating on like this kind of like kind of imaginary slight you feel like she brought toward your friend's wine party, which is like it doesn't sound like it bothered anybody else. I don't know how cheap the cheapest bottle your friend could find was but like it's not like your other friend was at the door like checking everybody's receipt to make sure they spent exactly $20 on their bottle of wine. So to that one I would just say like that is an indicator that something is off elsewhere because in a kind of like healthier state you're with your friendship with this person, you would not give a shit about like oh it's supposed to be $20 but she got a deal and brought an $8 bottle.
1: Correct. Yeah. That that example is definitely scorekeeping like you said. Uh but I I think it indicates uh the problem, which like you said, is a, a pattern.
0: Yeah. So like, don't, you know, you say that you they don't pay you back if you front for them sometimes. Don't, don't front for them ever. Uh, and if they ever ask you to, politely decline and say why. Like it's one of those things where I think at a certain age or stage of friendships, it can feel like, oh, I could never, ever mention that a friend has like a shortcoming or a habit. Like that would just be the meanest, most like direct thing anyone could do. And it's actually just fine. Um, Just say no. Just say no, I'm not going to do that.
1: Yes, that's what I was thinking when I read this. I was thinking, what can you control? And in those situations, control it. (laughs) Can you control um, like what your friend orders at dinner? No. But you can control telling the waiter, this is on my bill and that's on their bill. So what can you control? And then um what's what do you like what's your bandwidth or your ability to hold space for what you can't control? Because then that dictates how much time you spend with them and how often you see them. If you can't yeah. have any patience for holding space for how they are as a person, then maybe they aren't someone you want to spend time with.
0: Yeah. And I, I get that like I don't want to suggest that this is all like uh, oh, letter writer, this only is a problem because you failed to set boundaries and there's no problem here. Like, I would be also be annoyed by a friend who was always asking for free stuff um, and often asked me to front them. And it took me a little while to realize that they never reciprocated. And especially when you add on top of that the fact that like they make a good income and are clearly happy to sometimes spend money on themselves. Like, that's genuinely, I get that. I get why that's irritating. And I get why it's also not necessarily something that you would want to unilaterally end a friendship over because they're otherwise delightful. Um, so, you know, for, for all that, I think there are ways that you can make this easier on yourself. I don't want to suggest that this is like a totally made up problem, but yeah, if they ask for free tickets, say no. Uh, if they ask for a special discount, you know, I guess that could be a little bit embarrassing, but they're not asking you for the special discount. Um, let them, you know, seek out a little social embarrassment on their own behalf. If that's something that they want. But yeah, I, I think if you just, if you remove the thing where you stop fronting them stuff, stop lending them money, even just like say to her, like, I'm not going to do that anymore because you don't pay me back. Like you can say that without, you know, obvious rancor or like you piece of shit. You can just kind of let them know, like, this has been a little frustrating. I'm going to stop doing it. Um, then I think you'll better be able to focus on all the other great qualities that they do have because it's not as if on every front, they're only ever looking out for themselves, right? Like if this was a friend where it was like, and she never listens to me and she never has me over at her place. And all she ever does is like, borrow my shit and like, ask for money. That would be uh, in some ways a simpler question because we would just say like, this isn't your friend. Stop hanging out. Uh, but then you'll have, I think, a little more bandwidth for enjoying her her better qualities.
1: Something you said made me wonder if the letter writer is experiencing shame or embarrassment. Mm. Like, you should have known better or you should have figured this out earlier or you should have fixed this before it became a problem. and. I think none of those things. I don't think you should have fixed this earlier. I don't think you should have seen this coming. I don't think that you're dumb or whatever shame is telling you. I think that the reality is you figured it out now. And it's okay to change something and do something and give yourself permission to not have known it. So if you're feeling shame, tell shame to go fuck itself. Yeah,
0: and I get that. Like, It's never especially easy to talk about money with friends. So I certainly get why... It wasn't necessarily like first on your agenda. Um, also I apologize. I I think I had thought at some point uh that the letter writer was both theying and sheing their friend, but it was actually just they across the board. So that's on me. Strike the she's from the record, replace them all with they's. But yeah, you know, I wonder I I I'm a little curious about asking for reimbursement for things I pay for doesn't resolve things. Like, does your friend just straight up say no or like say, sure, 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 I'll pay you back, but then never does? Like, but we just don't have that information. So, but yeah, I was also curious, like splitting things with them doesn't resolve things. Is that because when you say, I want to split the bill, they just straight out refuse? Because if that's going on, you know, then I think it's also better if you're going to go out for a meal together or do anything that involves spending money, like make arrangements beforehand, make sure that you're clear. Like, I'd love to go to dinner. Just to be clear, we'll split the bill. Is that okay with you? Or would you rather go someplace like cheaper? Like just, Just go ahead and have the conversation up front so that you're not, like, getting anxious, waiting for the bill and worrying, like, is this where we're going to diverge?
1: I think it's also possible to say to the person before you say the hard thing, like, I'm going to say something awkward right now. And then you say the awkward thing. I'm going to say something awkward
0: to, like, talk about the bill when you're going to go out to dinner together. I mean, I agree. Like, I think that's a good practice. I also just want to stress, like, this is fine.
1: Yeah. I I just think sometimes people aren't actually listening when you say the thing that is important to you. So sometimes prefacing it with a, I'm going to say something important now. This is important to me before you (laughs) say the thing that's important actually makes them start listening. Yeah. Um, The other
0: thing that I think we haven't quite addressed yet that I was kind of curious about was the bit about they give really cheap gifts. (gasps) Mm. You know, I I feel like most of my friends and I don't necessarily send each other a ton of gifts. Maybe we occasionally will like write a cute card or like bring over something homemade. But like, I don't know. Like, do you you have a lot of friends where it's like pretty important to get each other nice birthday gifts or nice Christmas gifts? I tend to think of that as being something I associate more with like being a teenager in my early 20s and doing a lot less of as I get older. But maybe like like I will treat each other to things. But we're not so much present givers, if that makes sense. Does that feel true to you as well?
1: No. So gift giving is like one of the primary love languages for me and my friends. And uh, the cost doesn't matter. Like some of the best gifts I've gotten have been like a bag of crickets for my chickens (laughs) because it was so freaking fun watching my chickens hunt the crickets. You know, like so so not expensive gifts, but very thoughtful gifts and that's really, really important to me in my friendships. Um, So the cheapness doesn't seem to matter so much as it is like how much thought went into the gift.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that as well. Because it would be one thing if it was like, my friend gives like thoughtful, but inexpensive gifts versus like my friend gives perfunctory gifts around like holidays that I don't actually even need a gift from them from. But their cheapness is so obvious that it actually feels more insulting than not getting anything. So like if it's that category, if it's like, hey, here's your Christmas gift. And it's like two free toothbrushes they got at a conference. Yikes. You know, in that case, (laughs) I would definitely like encourage you to say like, hey, you don't need to get me like a gift. Or you could just toss it and be like, my friend is great in other ways. But if it's like, you know, I baked you some cookies, and you're like, but I know you have more in your savings account, I would let that part go. So, I, you know, I didn't get a strong read one way or the other, but like, if they're really supportive in other areas, my guess is it's more along the lines of like, some homemade cookies than like, I found some trash in my house that I need to get rid of, and I gave that to you. Because that does, that is a thing. It's not super common, but there are people who will definitely like, just give someone what is obviously garbage from their home that they're trying to get rid of. And that, I think. That's
1: unkind. I mean, that's the reality of that. unkind. Yeah, that's one of those
0: things where it's just like, I would so much rather you get me nothing.
1: Mm -hmm. I also feel like maybe just having a conversation with this friend about love languages, maybe taking an online test and seeing where you. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Sorry. I hate love languages. They were created by an evil evangelical guy and like they're used in such messed up ways Oh, this is good I'm glad I don't get to fight often with my guests I'm gonna stop interrupting you you make your case for love <laughs> languages and I've already registered that I hate them so we've we've had our- I have
1: issues with them because of their origin but I very much feel like having a discussion helps in a lot of ways and I mean broadening the love languages also. Like one of my love languages is potatoes. If you bring me a potato in any form, I'm gonna be so excited. Um and then another one of my partners, their love languages is like memes and TikToks, like sending those all the time. And if I don't get one for a while, I start to worry and I check in. Mm. And so basically this idea of a framework of how do you show love and how do you receive love best can open up into lots of other things and other ways. But if you haven't ever talked to this friend about that, maybe you have a mismatch.
0: And I can definitely get behind having conversations with the people that you love and talking about what are things that I want or hope from you? What are ways that make me feel cared for? What are things that I can do for you in return? That I can absolutely agree with.
1: We really need a new word for it. Like, is there another name besides the five.
0: Yeah. And maybe it's just too that I've heard love language so often get used to like reinforce this idea of permanence. So a- again, I'm not like especially attached to like one term or another, but just to make sure that nobody like is using love language to say like I can only ever exclusively uh experience love in the form of like gifts. And if you ever try to say I love you or give me a hug, uh, because it's not my love language, I won't be able to receive it. Like so that that kind of like um rigidity is also yeah, the, the, that I want like to
1: vilifying and and controlling others through it that's not the goal yeah yeah
0: but also i'm so you, you're a fantastic guest i don't know that i've ever had such a like just knee-jerk reminder of my evangelical childhood where i just heard the phrase love languages but like no, no, no 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 that is how your bad husband will convince you that it is your job to do the dishes forever because oh. his love language is not doing the dishes and yours is helpfulness um, but sorry, I was yelling at my own childhood, not at you.
1: I, I, I see that part of you and I admire that you're working on it. I also grew up evangelical.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Well then in that case, I just will retract all of my no, no, no's and say, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how, which, which of the, which and, of the wow CDs did you enjoy? Yeah. <laughs> Was that part of your evangelical upbringing, the WoW CDs?
1: Oh, yes. I still own like five of them that I have not been able to just throw away just because I bought bangers. them with my own money. And it was one of like the early purchases. And so I'm still attached.
0: <laughs> I admire you so much for that. But also, I I will argue that like WoW 1997 to 2001, roughly, were just like great
1: I agree. There's some really amazing artists out there. I just kind of wish they weren't using their skills for like brainwashing.
0: No, I think that part was great. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like, oh, I know what I'm doing with this evening, which is <laughs> taking a long walk and listening to Rebecca St. James and For Him and Point of Grace and <gasps> um, Kirk Franklin.
1: Wow. It's been a long I, time i actually I heard those names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the other thing too. Is like I I have such affection for like some of the weird old music. I even the other day like went on Spotify and like looked up like Canuck Worship Compilation 1998 and realized I was like, well, I don't think they're going to have like the specific CD they burned from that year of songs we recorded around the campfire. Like, there's a limit to how far Christian music like could dominate an entire generation. Like these were just our camp songs. Did they? Um, no, they didn't. Dang. They had like one or two playlists that like recent Canuck campers had made, but it wasn't like here's the songs from like summer at like K seven in 1998. Okay, um, that I had been hoping for.
1: Okay, um,
0: I think for, for my money, I think the Green Wow 1999 is like that's it.
1: Okay, that's the I best one. I have blocked that out. I don't know <laughs> which. What what years do you have? I don't remember. I'm sorry.
0: Sorry, I'm just like interrogating <laughs> you about Christian music, but like this one opens with DC Talk into Jesus. Jars of Clay, Crazy Times. Jars of Jennifer Clay. Jennifer Napp.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, it's been Jennifer Napp. Undo
0: Me. Uh, Out of Eden. Small Town Poets. The W's. Third Day. I mean, this was as good as it gets. Nicole <laughs> Nordman. Man, <laughs> this was the stuff. This was the business. They really, they really knew what they were about.
1: <gasps> wow.
0: <laughs> and of course. <laughs> Who could forget track twenty-eight, Kathy Troccoli's He Will Make a Way?
1: I was literally in the praise band as a singer all through high school, all through college. This is Yo. this is another lifetime ago.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you'll come back on the show and I will ask you nothing but questions about that. Um, wow. Uh do you have any final thoughts for Delightful Mooch before we we move on? I just realized we've we've taken a really beautiful detour that I've enjoyed every second of, but I want to make sure there's something we left on the table.
1: I considered wanting to share this idea of fairness with beautiful Mooch because when we were growing up, um, I mean, if you're in your 30s, late 30s, when we were growing up, the idea of fairness was so important. And if you had siblings, it was like, did they get the same? Mm -hmm. As me, that's fair, but sameness and fairness are super different concepts. And now, like I'm raising children now, and instead, we teach this idea of um, fairness being what does that person need? Not that it's sameness. So that's something that sort of brought up this idea for me with this with this letter is potentially you grew up like I did, where we were seeking sameness like the same kind of gift, the same dollar amount for the gift or the same thoughtfulness within a gift and that being right because it's fair. However, fairness is actually what the person needs. So when you think about like a room full of people and one person's having a heart attack. The fair thing is for that one person to get all of the attention (laughs) while they have their healthcare needs met. That's fair because that's what they need. Um, Sameness would be like everyone gets attention from the healthcare providers, which doesn't make any sense (laughs) because you don't need it. So if this writer could consider like how much of this idea of sameness is rooted inside of them. And if they could work on that and consider fairness instead, they could start advocating for a fair relationship um, as long as it's not already fair. It might already be fair because potentially the other friend needs more. They need more attention. They need more gifting to feel you know, fulfilled. They might need more. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's okay for them to get it from you because if you don't want to give it, don't give it. Have some boundaries. Have some conversations. Uh, but that was something that came up for me when I was reading this.
0: Yeah. And I think if generally speaking in other areas of life, this friend of yours is like thoughtful, attentive. They don't always put themselves first. They think of other people's needs as well as their own you know, that's where I would encourage you to just like set the clear boundary about not giving them things or fronting them for anything and mostly just try to move on. But if there's other ways that it just makes you feel kind of like overlooked or a little bit taken advantage of, I think it's also fine to bring that up with your friend and to just say like, hey, I I just want to let you know that this sometimes makes me feel um, like an afterthought. And I'm not saying this because I expect you to be like constantly buying me coffees or like always like looking for ways to like give me a little money just that like you know reciprocity is an important part of our friendship um, and I would like to you know occasionally just like feel like you're thinking of me or you're not just looking to see what you can get out of me I think that's a totally appropriate thing to say to a friend Um, and even though that's not always fun for someone to hear like I've had other friends have conversations with me in the past about things like punctuality or like other things that I was doing that was affecting our friendship And like stressing that they still cared about me. And although I didn't feel good getting criticized in the moment, I also felt really encouraged that my friend was telling me something that they wanted me to change so that we could continue to be close rather than writing me off um, and not having that conversation at all.
1: Yeah. This idea of growing together and saying like, I want this to change so we can grow together so we can keep moving forward in life and have a future together. That's, that's a compliment, even if it doesn't feel like one at first.